This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. Last week in episode 19, you got to meet a friend and a mentor of mine, Gene McNaughton. We talked about how to have a positive mindset when things get tough. And the person I'm going to introduce you to today you're going to love because last year he won. He's the one thing certified trainer of the year. This is a guy who first consumed the book, absolutely loved it and said, I want to make this a part of me. I want to create a business around it. I know that this is something that I can use in my life to help me achieve my dreams and my goals. So we are going to dive deep in understanding how you can live the book deeper with Chad Himes. I feel really fortunate because I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people in our community and our customers and get to be a part of their world. And they trust me with being a part of their goals. And more often than not, almost everyone is focused on health. And at the core of that is diet and eating a balanced diet. But eating this kind of diet, it's a huge time commitment and it's easy to get knocked off track. That's why it's so great to have a solution when you don't have the time to do the prepping and the cooking and the cleanup, but you still want to eat healthy. That's why we partner with Factor, and Factor is chef-created, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, there's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. The variety of different options and meals that they have is really impressive, but go see for yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150 to get 50% off. That's code 150 at factormeals.com slash 150 to get 50% off. What's up, brother? Thanks for being on here. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for having me today. How are you doing? Awesome, man. Awesome. So let's let's go back as far as you as you see fit. What were you doing when you were first introduced to the one thing? Well, I have an unfair advantage. I was introduced to the one thing officially still years before it came out because I knew a guy named Jay Papazan. And I was sent a copy of an advanced reader of the book before it hit any shelves anywhere. Nice. So I I had a little edge in there. Um, What was going on in my life? My life was a disaster at the time. I was much larger than the the guy I am today. I was in a horrible, in-between a horrible relationship. I had just gotten out of that situation financially. I was almost starting from zero again due to the wonderful market disaster in Las Vegas that I got to partake in and and thought it would never end. So uh, the book couldn't have ended up in my hands at a better time uh, in my life for me to just, as you say, consume it, absorb it, and become a model of it. So I want to dive in there because you and I have similar stories in that when I was exposed to the book was when my income had been slashed by 40%. It's right at that point where bank accounts almost at zero. I know I need to upgrade my five and surround myself with the right people. And here appears Jay on stage in our national sales meeting. A lot of people are at that place right now in some area of their life where they're at that rock bottom in that area. Maybe it's financially, maybe it's spiritually, maybe it's in their career, maybe it's a relationship with somebody they care about. What is it specifically that spoke to you in that moment? Health. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's really the whole concept that we hear again and again, and people keep reminding us when you're on an airplane and, and there's a problem and an airplane's going down, anything like that, they say, put the mask on you first because you can't take care of everybody else before you take care of yourself. So, I mean, really, that health to me changed everything 
And then all the other areas kind of started to fall into place for me. Well, let's talk about that because I think most people, when they're at a quote rock bottom moment, they're not isolating one area of their life. They're saying, my relationships suck. I'm overweight. My job's not going well. I'm stressed out. There's no money in the bank. Like it, it, it seems like the world is caving in on them. Was that your experience as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, as I said, a bad relationship that I had just walked away from, as you, same as you, bank account was, there wasn't much left to it. I was having trouble. Uh, I was a single dad at the time, even uh, in a custody thing with my, uh, for my daughter. Yeah. I mean, everything is always there. It's one thing, though, and I mean, it sounds so cliche when I say it, right? It's one thing, though, that you can grab a handle on and say, I can take control of this. And once you take control of this, the halo effect will start to creep into your life. So it's you say that with so much confidence now that you're on the other side. And I mean, heck, you're, you're certified trainer of the year. But go back to the Chad in the moment when the world is caving in on you. <laughs> you read this advanced copy and you're hearing this idea of one thing. What went through your mind in that moment? Because I, I doubt that you just went, oh, it's fitness. That'll make everything else easier or unnecessary. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. As you say, uh, it's hard to go back and almost remember who that Chad was uh, because I've been able to have the transformations that have occurred in my life and, and I can go back and remember him. I can't remember sometimes all the specifics. I'll say as I was going through the book, it just kept being that what is that one thing? What is that one thing? And I didn't necessarily know it was health would then fix everything, yet I knew that was the thing I could just get a hold of. I couldn't force my financial situation to necessarily change. I was where I was at the moment and I had to figure it out. I couldn't force my you know, job, my business. I couldn't necessarily force a relationship to all of a sudden work, even though I walked away from one which was what made that relationship work very well, was leaving it. Yet I knew that health was something that I could grab a hold of and I could say, look, Stop eating the M&Ms, stop doing this and start doing that. And you'll start to be able to move along this path. And then we'll see if this really works for you. And, and it did. It, dominoes started falling. So what I'm hearing you say is, and the, I, my mind immediately goes to seven habits of highly effective people where you've got your circle of concern, all the things you could be concerned about, but then there's only so much that you can actually directly influence. And you said, what's the one thing I actually can do? Right. And that was your health. And, that, and that's what it is. Somebody should write a focusing question about that. <laughs> you know, and that's one of my favorite things when it comes to teaching it, Jeff. It's the, it's, they all hear what's the one thing and they, they stop there that it's, that you can do. And then the next line, such that by doing it, right? It's the can do and such that by doing it, that everybody wants to skip those parts. They want, what's the one thing that makes everything else easier and unnecessary. You've got to make sure it's something that you can truly do. And then you have to go do it. So mm, I that, love that. that. It comes through. So for you, when it comes to your health, what was that specific one thing for you? At that time, it was it was exercise. I needed to get back into exercise, and it got to a point where I started training for a marathon. I then started just running much more. I started biking on a regular basis. I mean, now it's to a point that. I mean, I look back now and consider myself unhealthy when I started to get healthy again, because now I've become an Orange Theory fitness junkie, and I'm there six times a week for that. And it's my workout is my one thing, and I feel weird when I don't get it. I have the shakes those days. And so go back to the chat where you start developing the habit of exercise. We talk a lot about the halo effect in terms of when you focus on one thing, how it starts to shine down in all these other areas of your life. What started to change for you? How does health change everything else? 
Well, it was 10,000 steps a day was the first thing I took on as a habit. It was a simple habit because we keep hearing all the time, if you can walk 10,000 steps a day, you must be healthy. So I said, hey, okay, here I go. Well, walking 10,000 steps a day then led to drinking more water instead of drinking alcohol or soda even and stuff like that. So all of a sudden, I started to see these ripples in my health. Well, once I started to see these ripples happening in my health and I didn't want the candy bar as much as I wanted the granola bar or something just because I was feeling better about it, then the confidence comes along with it. Then my relationship that I was in at the time got even stronger. Then because of that, my spiritual relationship was able to get stronger because I was feeling more confident about the whole thing. Then on top of that, work starts to get better because you start to feel confident. So you're accomplishing the projects and that halo effect just with the one thing. I mean, I, I don't think I would have believed it when I read the book. I don't know. There's no one thing. And okay, it's, it's one thing now and it's one thing later and it'll be one thing in a few minutes. Yet when I do it and I look back on it, it goes, no, it was the one thing. It was 10,000 steps a day that truly changed everything. And now, now the opportunities in front of me are just unlimited because I've been able to grab a hold of it. Yeah. And, and I want to talk about, I mean, you start living the book. You, it, it starts to change your life, but it didn't stop there. It started to spill over into the lives of the people that you care about most. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people I get the opportunity to care about. I mean, I love teaching the program. I, I, my wife, her life has completely changed as we brought on the one thing. And, and the story I share again, again, in the workshop with people I get, it's my daughter, right? So uh, she's about to turn 16 and she's a sophomore in high school. I got to, I got to remember that. And I got to come to terms with that actually happening in my life. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. When the book first came out way back when we sat down and she created a GPS for getting into college before she was even beginning high school. So describe what a GPS is for the people who are not inside of Keller Williams. Right. So if you're not within Keller Williams, or you haven't read the book yet because Keller Williams people will know it as a one, three, five people that are just figuring out the book or just listening to this podcast, a GPS, well, you know what it does in your car, right? I mean, what's the point of a GPS in your car, Jeff? Get you where you need to go. There you go. Get you from point A to point B and it shows you the best way to get there. It's not always right. Sometimes we're yelling at it because we wished it took us the other way. Sometimes we don't listen to it and we say, no, 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 I know better than the GPS. I'm going to go this way. Uh, yet a GPS is to get us from point A to point B in our life. And a GPS stands for goal, priority, and strategies. So we come up with the one goal. For my daughter, it was to get into the university of her choice, which was Oregon, which is where she really wants to go. Then she came up with the three priority areas that she was going to focus on. So to her, it was her grades was one priority area. One was her inner, like in-school extracurricular activities. And then one was her outside stuff, her community stuff. So her resume looked good that the school would want her. Then you take each of those priority areas and we come up with five strategies. So what were her strategies to get those great grades that she's been blessed to be able to get? What were those five strategies that she was going to do in the community so that she had a great resume? And then what were those five strategies of things she would do extracurricular? She's on the swim team. She's in the orchestra, all those other things at school so that it all looks great on that resume. And the school says, well, we want you when it comes to it. And I mean, the school reached out to her. She just took her PSATs and the school reached out to her and said, come visit, even though you're only a sophomore. Well, that resonates with me very strongly because um, my daughter is three and a half right now. And she's at that age where she's starting to repeat things. Like if you ask her, what does she want? She goes, cash flow, which is hilarious. <laughs> but you know, I'm starting to see her say things over and over and to realize that you can shape and mold a human being is hands down the most rewarding thing ever to see them begin to 
I can only imagine the gratitude and appreciation you feel to see her setting a goal, identifying the priorities that are in order of priority, and then identifying the specific measurable strategies that she can take action on to execute on it and to actually see those results. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? Well, I mean, I stole from John Maxwell the, the idea of my daughter doesn't get an allowance. My daughter earns money by books she reads, and I create the list of books. So she has to read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens, as you mentioned. Oh. Right? She had to read The Young Traveler's Gift. She had to read Who Moved My Cheese for Kids. Yet the one thing doesn't have a kid's version yet. So she had to read the grown-up version of The One Thing. And she was up one night reading, and I didn't know what book she was reading. And the next day I said, you were up late last night reading. Tell me what you learned so I can guess which book you picked off the, off the stack of books. And she said... That if I start my day and say, what's the one thing I can do today such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary, I'm going to have an amazing day. And I, I mean, I pulled over and I teared up. That I mean, you're so right. Cool. They're going to learn it. They're going to hear it. And think of the, I mean, forget the impact it has on us as adults. I wish someone handed me this when I was in high school. I wish someone handed me this when I was a teenager that was with the wrong friends, that was doing some of the wrong things, that had these steps in front of me and that I took it seriously. So... If you're listening to this, start bribing your kids to read this kind of stuff because I don't know. I read a lot of Hardy Boys and other stuff growing up, and that's great. I don't remember the mystery. I don't remember how they solved the problem, and it didn't change my life. I know this will impact my daughter. Well, I, I think I was that kid that my dad, you know, I remember he handed me Rich Dad Poor Dad <laughs> when I was a kid. And I started reading money books, I started reading personal development books when I was a kid. I, mean, I remember reading uh, I remember reading Seven Habits, How to Win Friends and Influence People when I was in like high school. And and I've just never stopped since. Which, no, amen, man. Share it with the kids. So I'm I'm curious in your perspective, you know, I've been here in Austin for gosh 15 months now. And having the opportunity to interact with the listeners, with the people who are in Time Blocking Mastery. I think what surprised me the most is the book is not complicated. I mean, it even says on the cover, the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. But as you know, simple in theory, seldomly practiced. Correct. When you are in front of all of these people and training them, what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes, limiting beliefs, challenges? Let's just, let's go down that rabbit hole. Wow. Okay. They, they want to argue every one of the lies. <laughs> that, that's what it comes down to. They believe the thieves a hundred percent because they can all give an example of a thief. So, that's so, in their life. so recap them for the people who don't have the book okay. memorized. So we we've got the six lies that are in there, right? One that everything matters equally. That one I can get them over really fast, really easy with a quick little exercise. Right. The second one we get to multitasking, and this is hands down the largest. Oh, uh, I'm a great multitasker. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they, they wanted to keep that all day long about how great they can multitask and that all the statistics that we're sharing are wrong and all the facts are wrong and there's no way. And then they do the exercise and that we take them through in the workshop to prove the theory to them. And then they, they still want to argue that multitasking is completely possible and that they are the multitasker. So sometimes we just have to pat them on the head and say, God bless you. <laughs> and then, we move, <laughs> then, we, then we get to move on. Uh, into the other areas, you know, that willpower is always on will call, living a balanced life. They don't argue living a balanced life. They all get that one pretty well because nobody feels they truly live a, a balanced life. Uh, when it comes to a disciplined life, though, we talk about habit creation. Yeah. This is where I see probably the biggest mistake, probably the biggest opportunity for growth for people. 
first of all, if you ask the question of everybody, how many days does it take to create a habit? If they haven't read the book, if they haven't jumped into the material, if they haven't flipped ahead in the book and seen the answer coming to them, they're going to tell you it's 21 days. We all believe it's 21 days. Well, that's as we know, having mastered the book, it's that's a third of the way there. Yes. Right. It, it's 66. It's, it's you're only a third of the way there with 21 days when you give up uh, and you think you have a habit because anybody listening, think about a habit you took 21 days to create. I'll bet you're not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So we have to give that extra effort to it. And then when they finally get their mind wrapped around that and they believe that, Jeff, then the challenge comes with, well, what do you mean I can only take on one new habit at a time? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I want to change my health habits and start going to the gym five days a week. And I want to start doing this. And I want to start doing that. And it's not going to be possible. You're going to spread your discipline all across the areas. You're going to spread any willpower that you have for it. And you're going to fail at all three of them instead of taking one at a time. If I told you today that you could do four to five habits in a year that you could change about your life, and you sat down and you thought of four or five really powerful habits for your life, and you worked on them properly, following what the book teaches us on how to do them, you would be a completely different person a year from now. Yes. Completely different if you could just change four habits in your life. My favorite quote we talk about during the workshop is from F.M. Alexander, where he said, people do not choose their futures, they choose their habits, and their habits choose their futures. Mm. Right? We don't choose that we're going to be overweight. We don't choose that we're going to be single. We don't choose that our kids aren't going to talk to us when they become teenagers and then move on in their life and we lose the relationship. We choose the habits of saying, well, I'm going to answer my phone in the middle of dinner instead of being with my family. And then I'm going to wonder why my family's not there years from now. Mm. We choose the M&Ms instead of the, the piece of fruit as a snack. And we wonder why the scale is not our friend and we don't want to go near it. Right? It's, we don't choose our futures. We choose our habits. Our habits choose our futures. And that's the biggest challenge I probably find in the whole workshop. The biggest aha that people will walk away with is that they've got to pick one to focus on at a time and they've got to give it the 66 days it truly needs to form. Well, and I think one of the things um, that I've seen resonate on one of the time blocking trainings that I'll do, I'll ask people to look over the last five years and I'll encourage you as a listener or watcher of this, look back over five years. How many true power habits have you formed? I'm talking about life-changing habits have you formed over the last five years. Chad, for you, before you started living the book, if you had looked at the five years prior to that, how many true power habits had you formed? I would probably tell you, I'll probably give you the answer you're not expecting. I'd probably tell you I formed five to seven power habits. They were just the wrong power habits. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Okay. They were probably really powerful Yet they were powerful telling me, grab the chocolate bar. That was my habit for coping or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. For me, it was probably two. Yet all of a sudden, you step into this world and you realize you, if you just follow the model, don't reinvent the wheel, people. It's already been proven. <laughs> yes. That you could, if you focused on one at a time, you could form five to six a year. And you want the real proof, look at Gary Keller. Sure. I mean, he is where he is because he has been on a road to forming habits over decades. And the results equal the largest real estate empire in the world. Right. And I mean, I look at Jay even, right, who who 
did an amazing job working on putting this whole book together as well. I mean, he's a completely different person than the man I knew years ago. He's taller, lighter, and more handsome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is he standing near you or something, right? <laughs> no, but I, I wish he heard that. <laughs> we, we have to... He, I mean, he lived the book, right? So he was in that situation where you could see it, the transformations happen to him. And you're right. If I look back now over the four years, five years, whatever it is now that I've had this opportunity... Uh, I mean, I've got power habits in each of the areas of life that Gary talks about in the book. And it's just people look at me and they're like, I can't do that. And I'm like, you can. I used to be you. All you have to do is take on that one habit at a time. And all of a sudden, when you look at yourself five years later, you're completely different. Completely. Well, I think, you know, weight loss and keeping it off is one of the biggest challenges Americans face for sure. And I mean, it's something that I have been struggling with lately, but you know that's just been one of your habits. And you know, you go from so I'm hearing you say overweight, unhealthy, 245 pounds, five ten. I, I was overweight. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So there to now this chiseled face that I'm looking at now, who's get who's speaking with American Ninja Warrior, right? And now I'm down to 12 percent body fat, and I weigh 173 pounds, and most of it's muscle on me. Yes. Did, did I see? Did I see a photo of you washing your laundry on your stomach? <laughs> no, you oh, didn't okay. see that one of me. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I thought, okay, never mind. Uh, for the people who are listening to this, who are going, okay, this is awesome, Chad. You're, you're fan-freaking-tastic. I'm just a guy who read the right book and bought into it. Okay, love it. Where do they start? You know, they, most of the people, they've heard this content. Many people have read the book, yet they still are not living the book. Where do they start? Here's what I tell everybody in the workshop. First of all, where do you start? You go to a workshop, right? You, you let someone lead you through for the day. And when you go to the workshop, it's a fire hose. I mean, we're taking this book and we're, we're just like blasting it at you for a day of training. Don't go thinking that you're going to get it all in. Just get what you need. Get one thing from it and then go back to the workshop later. Get one thing every time. Don't go and say, okay, I can do that now. Now I know how to do GPS. Now I know how to do the goal setting to the now. Now I know how to create a habit. Now I know what... No, don't do that. Come out of there with one thing you'll truly do. And that's one of the things I ask him at the end. What's the one thing? Not all the ahas you got today. What's the one thing you'll actually do? That's really interesting. I've, I've found that when you start getting into the digital marketing space, content marketing, where people buy courses and whatnot, um, you have those people who expect to make an investment and they literally expect it to change their life for them without them having to put anything in. And then on the flip side, you look at the people who have already achieved an extraordinary level of success who are investing in themselves. If they walk away just getting one idea, then it's a huge, huge win. Right. I mean, if I told you I could change your life one idea at a time and you were going to have to pay me $200 every time, I was going to give you an idea. Would you pay me $200 to know that a year from now, you've given me $1,000, yet I've made you a completely different person? Yes. That's taking the workshop five times. And every time you go in, you come out with one thing because it's around $200 for the workshop, depending where you're taking it. There you go. I mean, it's as simple as that. Now, if you don't have a workshop near you or you can't find the workshop or there's no time in your world for the workshop, okay? Here's what I'll tell people during the workshop. There are seven areas of life. Gary and Jay lay them out for us. They're in the book for you. Page right, 114. Go, there you go. All right. So now you can flip through the book and you can find exactly where they are. If you don't know the seven areas of life, I won't get into them. I'm sure we have a few podcasts that cover each area for you. 
I challenge the people at one point during the workshop to write out the seven circles in order. I'll just tell them so people can do it. Spirituality, physical health, personal, relationships, job, business, finances. And they usually speed up just at the end, just like you did. Those are easy. Job, business, finance. I always seem to remember those. Okay. So what I tell the people is when we're sitting there, as I say, okay, whichever area you missed is the area you need to create your, your powerful habit in, because that'll have the most impact in your life. If you forgot key relationship, if you got your fit, forgot your physical health went there, that's where you need to probably work for the biggest impact. Now, Jeff, that'll have the biggest change. If they want to do it easy, because they're out there and they're listening and they're saying, well, we'll make it easy for me, Chad. I don't want all of a sudden, right? No. Whichever area you remembered first, that's the area that you feel you've got a decent handle on. Create a habit in that area. See the effect that one little habit can have in one area of your life. And now you'll start to believe, buy in, and move to the next steps. Well, that you, you have a really good point there because for me, physical health has been one of those areas I, I knew I needed to make a change, yet I have failed two 66-day challenges in that area because I have some very deeply ingrained habits for reaching for the cookie dough and the ice cream at night. I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Can't. Okay, cancel. I will, I will, I will make the change. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is, is for people to not bite off more than they can chew and start with the one thing that they can do. Because once you prove to yourself that you can form a habit, no matter how small it is, it unlocks something much greater in your life because all of a sudden you have that confidence. Like Chad kept saying, I did 10,000 steps, then I had the confidence. That confidence started spilling into all these other areas. Pick something that you can get a win at, gain that confidence, build that momentum, then tackle the bigger things. Absolutely. And it's, it's an amazingly easy path to truly follow. I mean, Gary and Jay made it easy. The book is powerful. The book start to finish. There's no page in that book that's not worth reading multiple times, right? That, don't worry about, wait, how do I create this GPS that Chad talked about earlier that's in the book? How do I do these other things? How do I even time block? Because I will tell you time blocking to them is, time blocking is easy to do. It's not hard to make my calendar look pretty and put something in all the times. The question is, do you follow your calendar? That's right. It's a powerful area to change and all that stuff. Yet the challenge is too many of us aren't ready for that yet. Yep. Start with a simple habit that'll have an impact in your world. Put that into play. And now all of a sudden, now you'll start to believe the rest of the book. Now you'll go to the time block mastery. Now you'll say, I want to learn how to do that. Now you'll learn, okay, how do I build GPSs? How do I goal set to the now so I can say five years from now, I want a beach house. Boom, what do I need to do? Three, two, one, six months a week. Where do I need to be today to be there? It comes to you. It's just amazing to watch their eyes light up when they're getting it. Yeah, I love it. And for those of you who want to get uh, a copy of the GPS, if you go to the one thing.com, um, that's what the number one, there's a tab at the top that says free stuff. Click, click that. Scroll down. You'll see it on there. <laughs> Free stuff's good. I believe the 66-day challenge chart is on there too that yeah. they can download and, and print and put on their fridge. And folks, don't put it in your bathroom mirror where only you see it. Don't put it on your fridge when you live at home and only you see it. Go put it where as many people as possible can see it because you will hold yourself more accountable to doing it knowing others are looking for it. Take it to your office, wherever you work. Put it on your cubicle wall. Put it on your door so everybody sees it. Well, and I want to touch on one thing, which is fear of failure. I, so many people, when you talk about publicly declaring 
what they're working on, especially like if it's an area that that is vulnerable for you, like declaring, I feel I'm overweight and and to say and to share that. That's hard to do. How was that for you at the beginning? It was a challenge. I mean, I'm not gonna lie about it and say, oh, it's all awesome and all wonderful. No, failure will happen. Just accept that now. You will fail. The question is, failure truly only happens when you stop attempting it. Mm-hmm. Right. So we talk in the book and we talk in the workshop again and again, the whole picture on the book, it's a domino, right? One domino, it knocks the next, it knocks the next. Big dominoes. So what we teach and what what Gary has captured so brilliantly in Jay and they put together is that one domino can knock over a domino 50% larger than itself, right? So without getting into all the math, we know that the 18th domino could knock over the leaning tower of Pisa if it kept continuing in scale. 23rd would be the Eiffel Tower. And what I tell people is, have you, Jeff, I don't know, have you ever seen the Leaning Tower of Pisa in person? No, I have not. Okay, well, I haven't either, yet there's always someone in the workshop who has, and they tell me it is truly leaning. So I say, if you look at it, does it look like it wants to fall? Like, if you ran really hard at it, do you think you should be able to <laughs> knock it over? And they, of course, agree that, yes, it looks like that. Yet, we know if you truly ran at the Leaning Tower of Pisa with all your might, head first into it to attempt to knock it over, do you think it would move an inch? No. No. Do you think you would get hurt? Yes. Yeah, you'd probably hurt yourself running hard into a wall like that. Yes. And that's what we do. We see domino 18 all the way over here, and we just want to skip 1 through 17 and go knock 18 down. Because mm. it just looks like it's tipping. So we should just skip all this stuff. You can't skip this stuff. You've got to start here, and you've got to build those wins. You've got to know you're going to fail. I mean, I've lined my dominoes up, literal dominoes up, and I push them to fall down and they don't all fall. Yes, I failed. It meant I just didn't line my dominoes up correctly. So what do I do? I line them back up again differently and I knock them down again. You will fail. It's only a failure if you then throw the dominoes up in the air and walk away from them and say, I give up. Then it's a fail. If you don't knock them down, and you pick them back up and you rearrange them and you knock them down again, it was just a learning lesson. And I think the biggest thing for people to understand, I literally had this conversation with my wife last night, when you feel vulnerable or you're afraid to fail in front of others, it's, it's a mindset thing. You think people will judge you. You think people will think certain things about you that are negative. The truth is though, we relate to people through our struggle and not through our successes. If I were to stand before you and say, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Look at everything I've done. You'd say, I'm tuning out. I don't need to listen to this guy. But when I tell you that all the things in my life that had to go wrong for me to arrive at this moment, to record like an episode eight where I'm recording a conversation where I'm saying, hey, I'm still struggling in my marriage. And for you to hear that, you relate to me because nobody's perfect. We all got dirty laundry. We all got baggage. We all got problems. So let's freaking talk about it. That's it. And what did I say as soon as we got going on this this podcast? It was, yeah, I used to be out of weight. I used to be in a horrible relationship. And my bank account was was almost at zero. And I was having issues with this, that, and the other thing. Absolutely. Because we're not going to look at someone and say, you're perfect. I don't want to listen to you. We're going to look at someone and say, okay, he was where I am now. And if he can get there, so can I. Some of us will get there faster. There are people who went from worst to first a lot faster than I did. There are people who are going to go from worst to first slower than I am, yet their first is going to be way higher than my first when they finally get there. I just want to help everybody walk the path. I, whatever your end game is, that's awesome. Whatever that win is for you, that's awesome. Let's just 
learn how to walk this path together because it'll be a better place if we all do it. All right, everyone. Well, there you have it. Mr. Chad Himes, the one thing certified trainer of the year for 2016. Really appreciate you being on here, Chad. You, <laughs> hooray, yay. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you brought a tremendous amount of value for everybody who's listening. We always like to end with the one thing you can do to take action because consuming this content, it's awesome. It'll seep in your subconscious mind. It'll start to change who you are. But when you back it with action, that's when you actually get transformation like the transformation that Chad has had. So what I'm hearing you say, Chad, is look at the seven areas of your life. Pick one, just one. Pick one thing to do in that area and start a 66-day challenge. That's it. If I could tell you what to do, after, especially after listening to this, that's exactly it. Find the one area, find the one thing, and just do it for 66 days. You'll believe this is working at the end of that time. Yep. I love it. And if you guys want a 66-day challenge calendar, is literally a PDF document that prints out and has 66 days on it. So you can just start putting your X's on. Go to theonething.com, click on free stuff, go down, and you will find it there. So with that, thank you so much, Chad. I appreciate the time. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of The One Thing Podcast. If you want to get episodes like this automatically downloaded to your device, then please click the subscribe button on your computer or your device that you're playing it on. When you do that, if you take a screenshot of that and email it to us at contest at theonething.com, that's with the number one, contest at theonething.com. We'll send you a link to get a free digital copy of The One Thing so you can start reading it over like Chad suggested. And for those of you who have already subscribed, thank you so much. If you have not yet left us an honest review, please do so in iTunes. It helps us reach more people. It gives us amazing feedback. And we just, we appreciate you. We're doing this for you. And with that, I'll see you on the next episode.